This morning on the docket, we've got blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. This concept of mercy is hard, guys. It's hard because the essence of mercy is somebody does you wrong and you extend mercy and forgiveness to them. And that's rough. That is not an easy thing, right? If somebody does you wrong, what's our, what's our natural instinct? Our natural instinct is to get in their face and tell them about how you feel about it, right? That's our, that's our natural instinct. That's our, our like gut reflex, right? And it's this part, the second part of this. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Like, that second part for us, how much mercy has God shown us? We know, each one of us can look in a mirror and know how corrupted we are. Each one of us can look in a mirror and know how we've messed up ten times today and twice before breakfast. You know what I mean? But God extends mercy to us. God shows us mercy. And so he shows us the way that we're to respond to other people. Um, I'm going to let you know ahead of time, this, this teaching this morning is um, probably going to get some of us riled up. And that's not a bad thing, right? That's probably not a bad thing. Because the thing is, Scripture shows us a different way to behave than the rest of the world does. Following Jesus is, does not look like what everyone else is doing. And um, this is one of those main ways that we're different if we're following Jesus, that we look different if we're following Jesus. So let's read through the Beatitudes just as a reminder of what they all say. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Salt and light, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Mercy is a direct reflection of God's immense love. When you're merciful to someone, when you don't return like for like, Jesus was flipping on its head. And you know in the Old Testament it said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, right? And then what does Jesus say? Jesus says, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. He's saying, let them keep their eye. Let them have their tooth. Show mercy. When G they wanted, the disciples wanted Jesus to rise up against the Romans. The Romans were oppressing the Jewish people. And all they wanted was a king. A king who was going to come in, kick tail, 
knock the Romans out of there, and set up a Jewish kingdom. That's what they wanted in Jesus. And that's not who Jesus was. Jesus chose a different way. Max Licato, um, and as I was writing this, I can't remember which, which of his books it was from. He's written a lot of books. He's one of my favorites, actually, as far as Christian authors go. Um, but he talks about how this illustration of mercy, and he talks about this traffic accident. Like you're, in a, you're driving your car along, and you go to change lanes, and you don't see the person next to you, and you ram your car into theirs. Totally your fault. This accident, you caused it. And so you get out, you're getting your paperwork out, you know, a license and registration, you're exchanging insurance information, and then this guy walks up in a suit. This guy walks up, and he pulls out his briefcase, and he talks to the person you hit. He says, how much did your car cost? And they're like, well, you know, it was $12,000. It was a nice car. He's like, $12,000. Okay. And the man in the suit pulls out his checkbook, writes a check for $12,000, and hands it to the individual who you hit. And says, here, I paid for it. It's good. And then he turns to you and says, go ahead and get back in your car. Go on your way. This is taken care of. It's done. And that's an illustration of God's mercy for us. We slam our sin into God every day. We crash. I crash. Every day I crash. In a million different ways I crash. And Jesus shows up and writes a check each and every day. And that's God's mercy. That's God's mercy for us. That's God's love for us. Is that he writes that check. He just shows up and makes it okay. And as Paul talks about how can we, if we have been shown such mercy and such love, how can we not visit that same mercy and love on others? What does mercy look like to you? Is it a lifestyle? Or do you just do it when it's easy? Like sometimes it's really easy to show mercy, right? Like, like somebody spills your water. Oh, it's okay. Here, we'll just clean that up. You know, not a big deal. Let's say somebody shoots your dog that you love. It's not as easy to show mercy as when somebody spilled your water, right? That's not as easy. Let's say somebody steals from you, like they violate your, your space. You know, they make it so you don't feel safe anymore. It's really hard to show mercy. Let's say like I was talking about earlier, your dad walks out on you. It's really hard to show mercy. I'm not pretending that this stuff is easy, but it's right. It's what God calls us to. But I'm not going to pretend that it's always easy, because it's not. It's not easy to follow Jesus, but it is right. And your life will be so much better for doing it. Mercy is a primary attribute of the life of Jesus. You see it him touching the lepers, who no one else in society would touch. He hangs out and chats with the adulteress at the, at the well. He, he grabs the elite of society and says, all ye businessmen, all ye star athletes, you know, I want, I want Russell Wilson to come and follow me. I want, you know, no, he, he chose fishermen. He chose 
people who others would look away from, he showed mercy to them in that. You know, if, if you weren't a priest, most, most Jewish children would go to school to try to become a priest or a rabbi because it was a good gig. It was a nice life. And usually the only ones who would go and work regular jobs were the ones who flunked out of, out of you know, rabbi school. And the fishermen, they wouldn't even think about doing it because their families, you know, most likely they couldn't even read. And that's who Jesus chose to follow him. That's who he chose to say, hey, come, come hang out with me. The rest of society is ignoring you. He, he catches fish. Did you, if you've been around, like, if you've been to the coast and, like, you've smelled dead fish, most likely that's, that's what the disciples smelled like the, when Jesus first picked them out of the crowd. You know, they were like smelly fish people. And Jesus said, I, I want you. I want you to come with me. I want you to follow me. And you, I'm going to build my church on. That's who Jesus chose. That's an act of mercy. Mercy is a superpower. Mercy is a superpower. You want to be a superhero? We went and saw Wonder Woman recently. It's kind of awesome. I kind of liked it. And she was ridiculously bad. I mean, she was just like, not bad in a bad way, bad in a good way, like Michael Jackson bad. Um, like one person got that, and that's okay. Um, she was just awesome. I mean, you know, it was action, and she's saving people, and she's helping out these villagers, and it was just, it was just really cool. So if you want to be a superhero, mercy. Mercy is a way to be a superhero. And I'm going to show you a, a real quick video about someone who's a superhero. We end tonight with one of the most potent powers on Earth. It can change lives in an instant. Everyone has it. It's the power to forgive. Watch it now in action in Steve Hartman's Assignment America. Thank you, Lord. In a small apartment building in North Minneapolis, Thank a 59-year-old teacher's aide sings praise to God for no seemingly apparent reason. Indeed, if anyone was to have issues with the Lord, it would be Mary Johnson. For all you've done for me. He never had a chance. In February 1993, Mary's son, Loramian Bird, was shot to death during an argument at a party. He was 20, and Mary's only child. My son was gone. The killer was a 16-year-old kid named O'Shea Israel. I wanted justice. He was an animal. He deserved to be caged. And he was. Tried as an adult and sentenced to 25 and a half years, O'Shea served 17 before being recently released. He now lives back in the old neighborhood, close to Mary. This close. He lives next door. Next door. How a convicted murderer ended up living a door jam away from his victim's mother is a story not of horrible misfortune, as you might expect, but of remarkable mercy. A few years ago, Mary asked if she could meet O'Shea here at Minnesota's Stillwater State Prison. As a devout Christian, she felt compelled to see if there was some way, if somehow, she could forgive her son's killer. What'd she say to you? I believe the first thing she said was, look, you don't know me, I don't know you, let's just start with right now. Then I was befuddled myself. O'Shea says they met regularly after that. When he got out, she introduced him to her landlord, who, with Mary's blessing, invited O'Shea to move into the building. Today, they don't just live close. They are close. 
Clearly, Mary was able to forgive. Unforgiveness is like cancer. It will eat you from the inside out. It's not about that other person. Me forgiving him does not diminish what he's done. Yes, he murdered my son. But the forgiveness is for me. It's for me. For O'Shea, it hasn't been that easy. I haven't totally forgiven myself yet. I'm learning how to forgive myself. And I'm still growing towards, you know, trying to forgive myself and what it is I've done. To that end, O'Shea is now busy proving himself to himself. He works at a recycling plant by day and goes to college by night. He says he's determined to pay back Mary's clemency by contributing to society. In fact, he's already working on it, singing the praises of God and forgiveness at prisons, churches, to large audiences everywhere. Forgiveness is a powerful thing. Which explains why Mary can sing her praise of thanks to her audience of one. Steve Hartman, CBS News, Minneapolis. For all you've done for me. So do you believe me when I say forgiveness is a superpower? How do you think our mercy, mercy and forgiveness, they go hand in hand. After spending 17 years locked up, if she hadn't extended God's mercy to her son's killer, how do you think the rest of his life would have gone? Where do you think he would be? Would he be working a job? Would he be going out and telling other people about mercy and forgiveness and love? Odds are, just statistically, odds are he would have gone back out and reoffended after spending that much time in prison. Just statistically. Mercy changed his life. Mercy stepped in and redeemed him. Jesus' primary mission, his, his main mission here on earth is to redeem the world. And it's our job to join in with that. It's our job to Partner with God in acts of mercy, in acts of love, in acts of forgiveness. It is to be like Christ to extend mercy. What she did, it's nearly incomprehensible to me. If someone had done that to my son, I don't know. I don't know if I could have got where she got to. I just don't know. And I I pray I never have to know. But somehow, God was so strong in her. The Spirit of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, was so prevalent in her heart and in her mind that she overcame the death of her child and was able to forgive the man who, who killed him. She laid down her life for his, just like Jesus laid down his life for us. She did that. She extended mercy and changed his life. She saved him 
from continuing down the road that he started on. It was God, his vessel being this, this, this lady. 1 John 4, 20 and 21. If anyone boasts, I love God, and goes right on hating his brother or sister, thinking nothing of it, he is a liar. Stop there. That's harsh. Right? If you say you love God and you continue to hate, you lie. You don't love God. Sometimes scripture is like, you shall be comforted. Sometimes scripture is like, I'm going to kick you in the teeth with truth. This is one of those scriptures to me. This is a kick you in the teeth with truth scripture to me. It's like, if I'm maintaining hatred, if I'm holding on to my hatred, how can I truly love God? If he won't love the person he can see, how can he love the God he can't see? The command we have from Christ is blunt. Loving God includes loving people. You've got to love both. It's tough. I would put, if, if, if I was writing that at the end, I'd put, and it ain't easy. <laughs> I would add that <laughs> to the end of, if I was writing this scripture, I'm not trying to change scripture. I'm just saying, had I written it originally, I would add, and it ain't easy. Because it's not. It's not easy. And just like I said before, but it's right. And sometimes what's right is not easy. Uh, Christy and I, when we were down in New Orleans, we went to the World War II Museum. And uh, it, it impacted me. I'm actually still processing some of what we saw to this day. Because um, they went into all the different theaters of war that occurred during World War II. And all of the different places that they went and all of, all of the struggles that went on. They, they, in each theater of war, they calculated how many people died in each theater of war. And, you know, it's just overall, the, the numbers were just overwhelming, the millions of people who died during World War II. Um, and the, you know, the chemical warfare that happened where people's skin was literally eaten off because of, of poisons that were made to kill their fellow man. The hatred between one side and the other. The, just the mass destruction that occurred. Whole villages being wiped out. And like as I left, I just, I felt the weight of it. I like felt the, the pain that, that they must have gone through. I mean, you know, here's this innocent village. People are just living their lives and a bomb drops on them because somebody missed. And the whole thing was wiped out. The whole village gone. Generations of people who have been living there no longer live. Family lines completely ended that day. And just the, the pain, the weight of the war. And I, like leaving there, I was like, God, where's, where's your mercy? <laughs> you know? Where's your mercy? And, like, because everything there was just 
you know, everything in the whole museum was created to destroy. Um, and I'm not, this isn't a, a political thing. This isn't like any one ideology or another. It's man killing man is such, you know, I mean, we did it since Genesis, you know, with Cain and Abel. I mean, it's, it's in us. Um, but what if more of us were like the woman on the video? You know, what if more of us responded like her? Maybe, maybe the world would be different if we reacted the way God does, if we responded in mercy and love and kindness, if we were like Jesus, like truly like Jesus down to our toes like Jesus and could extend mercy and love the way he did. Maybe the world would be different. Um, when we came back, um, this is just kind of saying what I was saying. But um, I found this. Uh, it's a, a prayer, the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O oh, divine master, Grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love, for it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born again into eternal life. I think St. Francis in this prayer captures the essence of mercy. It's not about us. It's not about me. It's about how am I responding to the world around me. What am I doing to further Christ's mission in life? Micah 6.8 He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. I think... That last little bit, walking humbly with God. Have you ever noticed that most um, offenses, most times that we get angry or frustrated or angry with somebody, most of that is because somebody did us wrong. Most of it is because of our pride. It's like, I don't deserve X, Y, Z. I don't deserve this, that, or the other thing. This person doesn't deserve to treat me this way, that way, or the other way. When, when such and such happened, I didn't deserve that. This whole concept of, of why do bad things happen to good people, right? The reality is there was only ever one good person, and he chose for a bad thing to happen to him. He, like, chose it. Um, the rest of us, we've all fallen in some way. We've all messed up in some way. But it's, it's, it's pride, it's this sense of I deserve where most um, conflicts happen. And even when we're getting mad for, at, because of something that somebody did to somebody else, it's because I, note the I, I care about them and they got hurt. But still coming back to I, right? Still coming back to me. Humility 
makes mercy a little easier. Humility makes mercy a little easier. It's easier to forgive someone if you don't feel like, I deserve it all. In reality, all of us, the only thing we really deserve is to go to hell. That's the only thing we really deserve. Like if it was karma or whatever, you know, that we really live by rather than grace. If it was karma, we would all be real toasty. Little crispy critters running around. We would deserve to be in hell. That's what we deserve. Because we have gone against the will of God. Every, each and every one of us has done that. So thank God we don't get what we deserve. Right? Instead, we have mercy from God. And it's our duty, it's our job, it's our calling to extend that same mercy to those around us. To be a Christian is to show mercy. To be a Christian is to show forgiveness. To be a Christian is to show love. Because that's the way of Christ. And that's my challenge to each and every one of you this morning. Um, Ryan, could I, could I get you to come up and kind of end us? But um, as we go through this last song, um, I want you to think about someone that you have not shown mercy to. And I want you to dialogue with God. This isn't Dusty telling you what to do. I want you to talk to God. You talk to God and ask God how he wants you to respond to that person and if you need to do anything about what you've heard this morning. If there's something you're supposed to do with the knowledge of what it says in Scripture about mercy and forgiveness. And I want you to think about that woman that was in the video. Unless someone killed your child, you have a high bar to reach to get to where she's at. I think that's where, what we should all strive towards. I think that's what we need to work towards.